Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, the 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. It's a special 4th of July episode of Mondays with Mazer, the Z-Man, and Tony Mazer. How are you, Tony? I'm well. It's great to be talking again with Florida's greatest comedian from Tampa, Florida. You know it's also from Tampa? Cigar City Brewing. And it's honestly two and a half miles away. I got to go. I got to go there. I am a big fan of High Lie. I went to a Publix many years ago and they said, uh, I'm, like, I'm like, what's a good local Florida beer? And they're like, oh, go get High Lie. So uh, I've got some High Lie and I've, I've got more High Lie. I'm just going to get drunk today. I've been drunk all weekend. So why not? Why just keep it going? Let's keep celebrating. You know what that can's missing? What's that? The I'm Kmart ready koozie. Ooh. You can get, if you're in my $20 tier or higher, especially you guys, Vinny Cash and Ken Mosca, and he's got my little emblem on the back. So send me a DM with your address and I will mail this out to you. That is, uh, th- that's cool because I've got the t shirt, of course, but then you can get the I'm Kmart ready. Or will they be available at the shows that you do, your comedy shows? Yes. That's funny. You should mention that, Tony. I will have these with me all weekend long at Side Splitters here in Tampa with the great Jim Florentine, July 8th. Wait, no, July 7th, 8th, and 9th. And I'll have them in Orlando on July 10th at the Orlando Improv with Jim Florentine. And I'll have them July 20th where I'm headlining the Orlando Improv. And I'll have them with me on the 21st headlining the uh, Tampa improv. Oh, and I'll also have them in Ann Arbor on the 15th and 16th four shows at the Ann Arbor showcase, the team up North 15th, uh, July 15th and 16th, right? That's right. I think Dustin's coming from Patreon. I would actually make the trip because I actually, Ann Arbor is a cool town. Ann Arbor is actually a really cool uh, college type of town, but uh, my, my buddy, is uh, getting married that weekend, even though he got married last year. He got the pandemic extended wedding, which he didn't need to do last year, but that's what we're doing. So that Friday, the 15th, we're going to, to the Cleveland Guardians game. The Guardians. The Guardian, not the Indians, because you're a racist if you say that. Yeah, you're a fucking racist. And, Jesus uh, Christ. They had to do something about that name. They had to get rid of it, and they, they did it in a, such a, a classy way and mm-hmm. when it was necessary. And uh, I love how all these Cleveland diehard traditionalist historians, they just bought into it. They're like, OK, they're the Guardians now. Yeah, Baseball. names change. I mean, they've changed their name. They were the Naps and the Spiders before. What's the matter with another name change? Well, how about this? The fact that you are a Cleveland, you're a team in a sport that has been dying anyways. And again, I love baseball, but baseball is dying in popularity. It's dying in uh, TV, uh, you know, viewing uh, the attendance at the ballparks and everything. So what do we do? What can, how can we piss off diehard fans more? How about we change the name to something stupid? And then we now have the guards. They were giving away t-shirts on Friday that said guards, which here, this is what was great. They were giving away guards t-shirts and then they rained the game out. <laughs> wow. And they, it's almost then, like a little bit of karma popped up. And then they uh, they fucking bring this Tom Hanks in to throw out the first pitch. For some reason, like he's like the biggest Cleveland Indians fan because he did a he did a play in Cleveland. Right. And yeah. he would he'd go down to the old municipal stadium to watch games. And he said that on a late night talk show. And now he's like considered our number one fan. He's the, he's been a Guardians. He said he's been a Guardians fan since 1974. I'm like, that's funny because they've only been the Guardians for about four months. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Just hold the whole thing is embarrassing. And I just like I just say all the time, I was like, yeah, I, I don't watch baseball. My my team's gone. The Indians are no yeah. longer there. I don't know who these Guardians are. I can't support it. I this won't is, go to a game. No, I, I mean, I, I'm getting tickets bought for me for the bridal party or the reception or i mean the uh, the rehearsal dinner type of thing so i'm like whatever i'll go they're free i'm not buying tickets to it but uh i gotta say you know what's you know in, in a world where everything is going so woke right now it was very refreshing watching the most recent jim brewer special oh yeah i texted him it was like right out of the gates he's coming on coming in hot and i love it i love him so much he's become like i'm i'm, I'm cool i'm happy i'm friends with him and I, but i'm like a fan first I mean, Jim Brewer is a guy that which which I loved on left wing Twitter over the weekend. They were like, 
who's Jim Brewer? It's like, oh, he was the stoned guy and half-baked. And I think he was on SNL and he hasn't done anything since then. You go, uh, he's selling out theaters still just because you're not watching the same things that he's wa- he's in. He doesn't sells mean out he's every going anywhere. venue. He's, he'll do an off night, a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday at Sidesplitter and sells out immediately. Jim Brewer will sell out everywhere. People love him. And so I, I said on my podcast today, check your brain. Uh, you can go check that out. Check this out. The fucking Guardians follow me. They only follow like 319 people. Really? Oh, they're monitoring you. Because I'm talking shit? Probably. Fuck them. <laughs> Jim Brewer. So I'm watching the special. Now, I don't want to give it away, but I think everybody knows where it's at. The, the, what I will say about this Jim Brewer special is s- watch it now because probably in two years, if you watched it, n- a lot of it won't make sense. A lot of it won't make sense because it's almost too late now. I, I understand when you have to put a special together, it, it, you can't put it, you can't record it today and put it out tomorrow unless you're doing it on an iPhone. Um, it's uh, it's well done, but a lot of what he's saying is already starting to get memory hold when it comes to the COVID stuff, the vaccine passports. And since he recorded that special, who requires a vaccine passport nowadays? Who, they don't even have masks on airplanes anymore. You don't have to wear them. So things have changed a lot in that time. But so if you're going to watch it, I recommend watching it now because it's still fairly timely, but it might not be, it, it might not age too well in the fact that there was still fresh insanity going on when he recorded it. Jim Brewer, someone had to say it. It's on YouTube. It's free. I tweeted it out. Um, It was a lot of fun. The cool thing about Brewer, though, every time I see him, I see him once a month. It's new material. This guy turns over material like a motherfucker. I mean, he should be talked about in the conversations of greatest standups of all time. He really should be in that conversation. I I, I could sit in that room and I mean, the guy is just he's fearless. His act outs, he touches subjects. He does exactly what a comedian's supposed to do. You're supposed to make fun of everything. And he's going against the grain, and I love it. And his, I mean, he, does, he does great impressions. He does the noises. I mean, that's his whole persona, and it's just, it's fantastic. And the one thing that's interesting about this special is he really goes against the grain of a lot of stuff that's pretty mainstream. And I'd be interested to see his cell phone when it came out of all the famous people that said, Hey, I can't say this publicly, but that special was amazing. I guarantee you, he got so many hugely prominent people in the acting world and the comedy world. And the musicians were like, Hey, I can't publicly tweet this out just because people are going to get pissed. But that was an amazing special. I guarantee it. When Florentine and I were in Fort Myers, Oh, by the way, we got to get into this real quick. I went off on a fucking club owner. Oh, Man, Jim, Jim Brewer. Was yeah, that at? was that was a rock on the range after he got off stage and next to. So that was the time when I'm backstage with Dean Del Rey and we're, we're talking for like a half hour. Was Dean's I there? Cool dude. Um, I, you were there that weekend. You just weren't there at this specific okay. time. And no, no, you know what it was? I think you were with Burt Kreischer because I think you were driving back from the Dayton Funny Bone or uh, uh, Liberty Funny Bone. That's going right. To rock on the range. So I was talking to Dean backstage and um, Jim Brewer's on. And so we're just, you know, you hear Brewer doing his voices and impressions. And uh, all of a sudden a golf cart pulls up and it's James Hetfield. And from Metallica from Metallica lead singer. That's and right. Guitarist. He was there that weekend. I remember that. And he pulls up and he pulls out his phone and is recording him and he's laughing. And I'm like, you go from James Hetfield, the, the lead singer of Metallica and everything. And he's just like every one of these fans fanboys pulls his phone out is laughing at Jim Brewer. It was hilarious. And Dean wanted to t- take a photo and Hatfield's guys like, Hey, uh, he's not taking any photos. He just wanted to come back here because he's a fan of Jim Brewer's, but Brewer took a photo. So I was happy with that, but Dude, uh, no, it was a cool time. Jim Brewer. When I was in Madison, Wisconsin, and that's where I recorded my album, a white guy named Chad, which you can stream on iTunes, anywhere, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, I well, this was the Godfrey weekend, right? Godfrey. Yeah. And I, I recorded an album. And Brewer was there in Madison Square Garden or Madison Square Garden, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, opening for Metallica for the first like very first show of that tour in the round. And he hit up Godfrey to come do a guest set and hang out. And I had met him before, but he hung out with us and um, he invited us backstage at Metallica. I mean, we had shows. So we went there. We drove there and 
we were just hanging out backstage and he was telling us the story how he got the, you know, he, he was doing like the whole thing. Like he was doing Lars's voices, James Hetfield's voice. And he was just putting on a show for us in the green room. It was just like his opener, me and Godfrey and somebody else. And we were just fucking rolling. And we were like looking at the watch, looking at our watch because we we're going to meet Metallica because they were coming to rehearse and we had to go. And I guess we had just missed them. I was like, fuck, that would have been. Oh, cool. Of course. So I, I kept looking at I go, Godfrey, dude, it's almost eight o'clock. We got to get out of here, man. You could you could talk to Kirk Hammett about he's a, he's like an old universal monster movie guy. He loves a lot of those uh, Bride of Frankenstein and, uh, you know, um, the Wolfman, everything like that. Isn't he did Gil- Gilbert's uh, podcast a few times? He, he did do Gilbert's podcast. Yeah. And they were talking about all the the old universal, the, the masks that they they had back in the day. The uh, it's I mean, they're fascinating guys. It's they're not just tr- like drunken rock and rollers and everything, although that some kind of monster was uncomfortable. The documentary they did. But no, that's it, it's it's cool. And they were also the band who really helped bring the, the band, the Misfits into uh, the conversation because they were like an underground band that people didn't really hear of. But James was a huge fan. He wore that Misfits T-shirt on stage a lot in the early to mid to late 80s. And that's how they increased in popularity with Danzig and Jerry only and everything. So, yeah, I, I, I like Metallica. I know they get a lot of shit for, you know, their post black album stuff. And, and I give them a little bit of shit, especially with Lars not knowing how to play drums anymore. But that was a cool thing. And and Jim Brewer being like kind of that gateway to a, that world. I mean, Brewer, Florentine, Don Jameson, you know, it's a, it's a lot of overlap there. It's pretty cool. Well, here's a fun fact. If you're playing Jim Florentine trivia tonight, uh, the reason why Don Jameson and Jim Florentine got that metal show is because Jim Brewer turned it down. That's amazing. Yeah. And I asked Jim Brewer about it. He goes, yeah, he goes, I knew right away me and Eddie trunk. It wasn't going to last long. He goes, I, what, I did, they just didn't have the chemistry or they didn't like each other. No, he, he likes them. They're friends. But he realized if they work together in any kind of company, he, he realized it was going to be a problem. Like okay. I said, I saw the same shit with Alan Cox, but I, at the time I just needed the money and I, it was like a great opportunity. But I knew like we I got I was like, I got to play to this dude's ego. It just there's going to be problems. I, but I was like, it's an opportunity I can't turn down. Was Brewer going to be uh, was he going to be Opie's co-host? Was that like in? Was it was that a rumor or was that like actually g- going to go through that Brewer was going to co-host the Opie show? I think Sirius XM, they have a hard on for celebrities. And I think they it was either him or Bob Saget. I'm going to ask him next time I see him. Who, Bob were, Saget? Yeah, I'm going to ask Bob Saget next time <laughs> I see him if he was up for the co-host. But I heard those two names. But I'm going to ask Brewer if he was the guy, because I heard Brewer and Bob Saget, they wanted to put Opie with. But wow. Opie was just like, uh, you know, I got my guys, I got Vic, I got Sherrod, I got Carl. Now I got Carl dead. and Vic. It's like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> dead. So Sherrod, you probably stay away. <laughs> it's embarrassing, Opie. Now, I mean, I, it's just I see these videos. I go, what are you doing, dude? Just disappear. Go away. Well, it, you know, it's fun. That that's what's funny about this is that you would think when you have that kind of money, someone like Opie or even Anthony too. Where you just look, you have your money. Why not just retire and just enjoy your life? But, you know, we have it in our blood. It's kind of like when you think of a coach where if a coach retires, steps away from the game, you know, damn well, that unless he's 90 years old, that coach is going to want to coach again. Yeah. Every, every time they always ruin their legacy, too. But somebody that they come out of retirement and they want to coach again because that's what's in their blood. And if you're someone like Opie, who's been a broadcaster and radio for 40 years, you're not going to want to just go gently into that good night. You're going to want to eh, well, still do something. The problem is Opie had a ceiling. Opie had a ceiling with his talent. Anthony and Jimmy and everybody else uh, broke through the glass ceiling. And you realize how Opie was just more than a button pusher. He's a board op. Yeah. Just like I Alan just Cox. These, I just see these videos. I'm just like, what are you doing, dude? I, I, I'm not like that. I, if I had financial security, you'll never see me again. It's just that it's just that simple. I, I don't need it. I don't want it. You know, I don't need these fucking psychopaths trying to get me canceled or fired from gigs and deported. Like, I don't need this in my life. We've talked about being canceled. And I mean, I'm canceled. You're canceled in a lot of ways, uh, not mainstream anymore. And we said that if you want to shut us up, give us a lot of money. We'll shut up. But you're not going to shut me up over a couple of grand in severance. I'm like, no, that's not enough for me to go away. I'll, I'll go away if you give me a nice chunk of money. Yes. Can I be bought off? Probably. 
but sure. uh, you're not going to do it over a couple of grand, um, you know, so I'm still going to talk. I'm still going to. Yeah. If, gonna if anyone that, that really doesn't like me and you really want me to go away, just give me a bunch of money and I'm gone. It's right. that simple. I'll, I'll give you your, whatever you want. Just give me some financial security and I'm gone. Gone in you know, 60 it's, seconds. It's funny. A few years ago, you and I had a conversation. You said, I, I just want to be like a Florida comic, like just do all the clubs in Florida. Just be down there and just be one of those guys that just they make their living going to they're in Tampa this week and then Tallahassee, then Pensacola, then Tampa again. Then you're in Orlando, then you're in Lakeland, then you're in. Uh, and that's what you're doing now. You actually did it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I guess I pulled it Florida, off. You really are a Florida comic now. I met and, and there's, there's no shame in that. I'm, I'm not. I, every time I'm driving down, going to Naples and I'm like, I'm happy. I am so happy. I'm like, I, I it's not gone away. And it's not like it, it, I'm just I'm at peace with that, at least. Yeah. But you're still dealing with fucking. I did a uh, Patreon only. And I I, I want to I won't rehash it for the people that listen, but there's a club owner down here. I used to work for him for a long time until I moved here and he started becoming treating me like a local dude. This guy owns Snappers, this Nabul. So I just went off on him on an email because he was fucking with me and he's taking away dates and I just trashed him. And you could tell comics don't do that. So he, he didn't know how to react. He was just, oh, like, really? Because he's not the king of his castle. He tells comics what to do, what to say. And he didn't know how to react that someone stood up to him. I go, hey, Florida's greatest comedian, motherfucker. I'll burn a bridge if I have to. I don't give a fuck. Isn't Snappers like the bonkers of Florida? Like, don't, isn't that a small chain? Or, what, or what, am I, what am I thinking of? Or is it like coconuts or pineapples or something? One of those that's uh, like well, a small chain of like poorly run comedy clubs. Bonkers is the one you're thinking of. They're down here. I used to work for them. I, I burned that bridge, too. I don't know how I don't even know what I did, but I, I know I pissed. Them no, off. I, I remember what you did. What that was the that was the, wasn't that the time where bonkers bonkers basically it's not necessarily a comedy club but it's like a comedy production and they have it at like a restaurant in like the the basement or the attic and it wasn't at the Hofbra house in Cleveland it wasn't that the Josh Morrow thing where he got mad because you skipped out on a tab or something or some some bullshit oh I, yeah I was doing a spot that's probably what it was and it's like church it's normal in comedy clubs. If you're a comic that like drinks are comped, like I was just at the improv all weekend, you know, and food's comped and you just tip out the waiters and waitresses. And I didn't know what protocol was. And I brought a date, a girl, and uh, I got two drinks. You know, I featured, I think, I think I featured or I headlined. I don't remember. And I tipped out the waitress and I didn't pay. And he, he went off on me, this Josh Morrow. He probably told the booker, that I skipped out on the tab. I go, dude, I didn't know. I go like, I just did the improv. You know, I didn't have to, I don't, it's, yeah. you know, it's complimentary. I don't know. I didn't know what protocol was. And she, then the, the waitress didn't give me a tab. I didn't, when I gave her the tip, like she didn't say, Oh, you owe me this. So, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I was they like, need oh. to say that at the beginning by saying like, Hey, just, just letting you know, um, you know, times are tough nowadays. Uh, we can't, uh, we'll, we'll give you like half price or something like one of those things where, but it, it is customary when you do a, a, a gig, you might not get top shelf liquor, but if you need a beer, just it's a beer, it's a couple of bucks. And yeah, you tip out the waitresses and usually you give them a, a really nice tip or the bartender. And that's kind of one of the things in comedy that no matter where you go, that's kind of part of the it's, 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 it's a nice give and take. It's a quid pro quo. You do a show and it's like, well, maybe you need a couple of drinks to fuel yourself yeah. for the performance. But that's the Cleveland comic cunts. That's that's what they do. They just go. And afterwards they, they go and tell the booker because they're, they're fucking miserable. Oh man. Before the show, me and Tony were doing some show prep through text <laughs> and man, I do not miss that fucking scene at all, man. Every time I see it, it's just like, it needs to stop it already. Those comics. The Cleveland comedy scene. Yeah, it's a uh, hmm. it's uh, it hasn't changed much. And there have been people who've dropped out of comedy. Some people keep coming back every couple of months and then they leave and they quit comedy and then they come back. And it's uh, it's it's not a fun comedy scene. Uh, you, you just notice it. Like you said, you go to different markets and you see that it, it it's a lot stronger, even in smaller markets than Cleveland. 
that are much better, more appreciative of what they have. The Tampa comics will blow away the Cleveland comics. They're way funnier and way cooler. I mean, there's not even a, it's not even a comparison. I've met a lot of them down here. We're gonna have one of them on my podcast tomorrow. Sit down. Zumach, John Jacobs, local guy down here. Funny as fuck. There's a, a, a kid named Cam down here. JJ Curry. There's great fucking comics and they're workhorses too. way better than this fucking this bullshit they have up in Cleveland. Enough of this Mary Santora and this Bill's choir already. Just go away. You guys stink. Both can you, of you. Can you can you do a you share a screen right now and pl- put up the funny stuff comedy lineup? We talked about it over the weekend. Let's check out this. We'll uh, we'll give a we'll give a little glimpse into what's going on locally here that uh, locally in, in northeast Ohio. We basically if, if if you're a casual comedy fan locally. Yep. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ray DeVito coming up this weekend at the funny stop Ray, from dry bar comedy. Your dry bar didn't come out. Mine didn't either. So don't advertise until it's out. Jesus, Ray DeVito. He's he's on the fucking Kevin Brennan dick riding train, too. <laughs> Let's see Ray, what else I got. Coming I, I up. think I saw Ray DeVito is going to be a correspondent on somebody's podcast. Like, uh, or is it? Oh, is it uh, Gladwell Apes podcast? Right? Or somebody? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, oh, coming man. up the weekend after. This is like a who's going to keep going to see it? They book her like nine times a year. She's not that good. She doesn't suck. Tyler Ross is headlining. <laughs> yeah, they have him headlining. Who is what uh, the fuck? He stinks. He, he he and I started around the same time. Yeah, he was a fan of mine. I feel bad saying it because he always been nice <laughs> to me. But Tyler and I worked with uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, that 70s show. Mike Conley. We got Mike Conley back there. I, that's a good get. I mean, to Mike's defense, he's been doing that since like the 70s. <laughs> Michael tricks the uh, rock and roll magician. Like Paramore. That guy's everywhere for some reason. Oh, look at me. Yeah, look at there we go. (laughs) We just shit on the lineup and then there's (laughs) there you are at the end of August. I got three shows. That's it. There's only one show on Friday. One show Friday. Are you kidding? me? Oh, no, there's two. I was going to say I'm not flying in for that bullshit. And then look at the weekend after you. Sexy Bill Squire. He'll probably try to get me canceled somehow. Again, Kevin, Kevin Farley. Farley. <laughs> he lives down here. Nathan Timmel. I like Nathan. Yeah, he's, he's a, nice. he, yeah, he's a club comic. Oh, they got the guy from Breaking Bad coming. Yep. I didn't know he did comedy. That's that has Roger Paul written all over it. Charlie Weiner's still alive. Yes, he is. He's he's at a Putin Bay bar near you. Uh, is he working at a Putin Bay bar? Uh, yes. Oh, there's Florentine. He's coming in October. I'll probably be on those shows. Yeah. Yeah, you're on, the, you're on the one with me, right? Yes. Greg Morton. Blanchard, Trader Joe's own Trader Joe's Jeff Blanchard. I'm glad I'm glad it could step away from stocking shelves. <laughs> uh, Skippy had to cancel, by the way. He's oh, Skippy's not going to be there. Yeah, he had to cancel because of COVID, I think. Skippy keeps fucking. He looks at everything I do. It's very yeah, he, he does the same thing with me, too. He must be bored. Kirk Bogus. Come on. Kirk Bogus is just this local. He had a, he opened a comedy club for like a year called Bogies out in Willoughby. It had potential, but he fucking ran it to the ground. These are all shows, by the way, that have already happened. For whatever reason, they're still up there. Oh Jesus, this website stinks. Bogies. <laughs> yeah, Kirk. But Kirk Bogus is it's another one of those examples of a comic who opens his own comedy club just so he can work the comedy club, <laughs> just have his own space. Well, I remember like Dangerfields. They were having a tough time getting people there. And I remember Ryan Dalton was the only comic allowed to go on the Maxwell show. Maxwell didn't like comics. So Ryan would go on like, you know, twice, three times a week. And he booked Ryan. And I featured for Ryan at Bogies. And it was the most people he's had there since the grand opening. So Kirk Bogus came down every show and was doing 25 minute guest sets. That's 25 minutes. Yeah. Just like right after the host, right before me, because it was the most people he's had there. So it was like, Jesus, get the fuck off stage already. But it's his club. What are you going to do? 
as everybody knows, a guest set is supposed to be about five minutes. You're just doing a couple of things. You're either working material out or you just want to go on stage, get some stage presence. Not 25 minutes. You don't do that. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, Ryan went on WMMS and was plugging his dates at Bogies. I'll be in Willoughby. And, you know, Maxwell's like, eh, you know, and punt. And um, he got people there. I'll, I'll give him this. But, oh, did you see there's a fucking update here? No, I did not. I'll just tell a quick uh, Dave Landau story. Dave worked bogeys one time he said he got so loaded that he doesn't even remember the shows he did and dave was telling me he's like i got done and kirk was telling me i've never seen anybody do crowd work like that before and dave's like i have no idea what i just did on stage i will tell oh, you he did a whole crowd work show i've known dave my whole career and I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now i love sober dave nice guy Drunk Dave was a lot of fun to hang out with. I bet he was. He's a fucking blast, that guy. Uh, so I, 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 someone brought this to my attention because, uh, as you know, I have a long-going feud with uh, Maxwell slash Pauly MF20 in his podcast. Yeah. That, and um, oh yes, I saw this. And uh, I, 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 someone sent me the tweet, and here's a uh, here's what's going on. Here's what's going on. He's a uh, as a June 27th, he's come out publicly and says the podcast is no more. It's over. He has uh, he, he basically says mixed feelings with this post after some uh, contempl contemplation contemplation. I've decided to end MF 20. Mm -hmm. The amount of time needed to prep, record, edit, manage the social media is something that's simply not worth the return. I really appreciate those who took the time to share the episodes and those who donated. Some really did. Uh, some really did some very kind things that is appreciated. Also, very fortunate to have another couple of years with some of you. In addition, I really enjoyed the last two months with John and Becky. They're super funny and gave, and that's where it ends. But he has two likes, uh, and, and the other one, the other post has three likes. The Pauly MF20 podcast, which uh, Pauly, a.k.a. Maxwell, a.k.a. Slater, a.k.a. Benjamin Bornstein <laughs> is a doing these podcasts. So, so his whole thing is that his return on investment in prepping the podcast and getting the audio and everything is not worth it. Now, I think a lot of people know, as Kevin Brennan has mentioned uh, several times, I don't have a ton of patrons on my podcast, on my Patreon. I, I understand that. I appreciate every single one of them. And what I do is, I don't care if I have one patron, I make sure my podcast is well prepared and well done for every single person so they get their return on investment. If you're somebody like Pauly, aka Maxwell, aka Slater, aka Benjamin Bornstein, and you say it's not worth it, what's not worth it? That it, how long does it take to prepare audio and do show prep for a podcast the last 20 minutes? I do an hour, I, I do an hour podcast. And I probably, you know, I, I do my share of show prep, but it's part of the job and it's fun. It's fun finding stuff. And you're like, oh, this would be great for content for my podcast. If you think that's a chore, then fine. Go, go away. Less, less podcasts for the rest of us. Fuck this guy. Seriously. He's a lazy. Go back piece to working at Glen Bay. He's a lazy piece of shit. He always has been. Um, the guy tormented me for years. And that guy was being offered $400,000 a year to do the Maxwell show and he turned it down. That's who you're dealing with. $400,000 a year to sit on his ass, show up late and eat. That's it. And he turned can, it can down. Can you please tell the Bo Matthews uh, pizza story? Oh, classic. I, we've told it so many times, but there's new listeners and everything. Just a brief cliff notes version. It's a part of my history, you know, with the Alan Cox show and getting higher there. We're the, we're pretty much the show that replaced the Maxwell show. You know, and it's it was always a problem because they even though they got rid of them, they were there for a while and they were all, they were so obsessed with Maxwell and Stansberry still like I remember Bo Matthews sitting me down. He's like, you need to be more like Stansberry. I'm like, I'm, no, I'm doing what? I'm an asshole. I'm Fuck way, Stansberry too. Fuck I'm, you. I'm funnier than him. I'm better than him. He's not even a comic. Like, what do you mean? Mean more. So anyways, uh Keith Abrams and Bo Matthews told me this story because I, I took a lot of pride when I was on the radio. I know a lot of people turned on me over there, but I got there early, like 10, 11, did show prep, came up with those sketches, you know, doing parody songs, games, booking guests, 
I wanted the show to be good. I wanted to be proud of it. So I really put a lot of energy into it. Maxwell's show, on the other hand, they would just show up at two o'clock, maybe two thirty. You know, show show starts at three, and uh, they they would just wing it. You know, it was bad radio. It was terrible. So one day, Bo Matthews or Keith Abrams was listening. They're like, "Wait, I think I've heard this segment before." Because I think I've, they had some like Chris Cornell in studio or something. And he's like, "Wait, what, what, are they live? Like, what's going on?" So he walks down to the studio, opens the door. They're sitting there, all of them eating pizza. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Yeah, we're just not seeing the ball today, man. It's just we're not feeling it." So they put a best of on, and they just sat in the studio and ate pizza while a best of was playing. He's like, "Yeah, we're just not feeling it. You know, we're just not seeing the ball." And to Keith's credit, he's like turn those fucking mics on right now and start talking. I'm not paying you to eat pizza and play a best of. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, lazy, that, lazy piece of shit. And for folks listening outside of Northeast Ohio and know, know what we're talking about, your town has a Maxwell show of that has been on for too long, has lazy people on the radio. Your town has a Maxwell show. That's just, it, you don't understand why, like if you're listening to alternative podcasts and media, like, like what you're doing right now, you don't understand how people can still listen to a show like that, but they, but they do. I mean, that's just what people do. They get in their truck in the morning and they go to their job site and that's what they have, or they're coming home and going to the bar or whatever. And that's what Maxwell was. It was just on, it was on the air. And so your show replaced essentially the Maxwell show. <clears throat> I never I don't know if I told you this, you know, I was in the running or at least I, I tried to be in the running for the Alan Cox job. Right. I told no, you that. I don't know. I this don't... is 2009. Maxwell had just gotten let go. This was part of the then known as Clear Channel. They were doing their budget cuts and contract negotiations and stuff. So Maxwell was done. The show was gone. And I'm like, well, there's an opening. I'm a Cleveland lifer. I've listened to MMS my whole life. I'm a 21 year old kid. You could get a fresh perspective from somebody who's been in radio for only about two and a half years. So uh, my buddy, Eric and I, we were doing a, a show, a podcast at the time, and it was really good. We would have been fired after about maybe a week just because of what Eric would, would say on the air, but, and me too, but I dropped off a demo for Bo Matthews and, and Keith Abrams for them to listen to. I'm sure they probably saw it and threw immediately in the garbage, yeah. but I thought I'm like, if you're, if you want a local radio show, why not have a local personality who's young and gives a kind of a different, fresh perspective. And of course they, they didn't, they hired a guy from Chicago and Alan Cox. Well, it was a uh, Bob Eatman's client uh, but, Rover and Rover and Alan had the same agent and Alan was out of radio for two years. He was selling ads. He was he was in sales for smooth jazz. That's and wasn't he and wasn't he the uh, he was he was attempting stand up comedy and that he was doing the arena announcing for like a WNBA team or like a arena football team. Yeah, he was doing the whatever we're giving away, you know, Quiznos whatever, to whoever <laughs> in section 104. And he was going around doing open mics and because uh, he, he likes to call himself a comedian. He was one of the worst comics I've ever seen so, my entire so life. So he was the Steve guy of Chicago at that time. That's good. Good analogy. <laughs> no one but, got it. Not one person. <laughs> so so Maxwell resurfaces not too long after on sister on, on a station down the dial on 98.5. And that's where you you had some fun with him. Oh, they brought the they brought him in the morning show. And I think NCX thought they were going to fucking. They, they were this was their last we're going to go after Rover because Rover controls, you know, the morning radio, you know, there's no shows. Well, let, let me I'll give you a quick background before you get into that. WNCX in Cleveland was known as G uh, G98 for a long time, and they kind of were always the second banana rock station to MMS for many years until 1992 when Howard Stern was syndicated to Cleveland. And then all of a sudden morning radio in Cleveland changed immediately. Everyone started listening to Howard. They did a funeral for the buzzard. There was the classic, somebody cut the wiring at the uh, Howard Stern event who worked at MMS. And for so many, for what the next 13 years, Howard was on NCX. Problem is Howard leaves for Sirius. And not just NCX, but all these other radio stations around the country were scrambling to find a radio show who's going to replace Howard. So NCX for a number of years tried anything in mornings, whether it was 
uh, the uh, Mud Maholic and Mike was one of them. And uh, there, uh, Scott Miller and Jeff Blanchard did it for a little bit. Too. Trader Joe's Jeff Blanchard. Trader Joe for the second time today. Uh, but then they decided we're going to have a coup right now and get the Maxwell show, who, which was fairly popular for whatever reason. On, There's a photo of Howard, the and, um, WMMS. Howard and Robin at the funeral. Uh, uh, I think we're off the air today, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so so Maxwell goes on NCX and you guys had some fun with that show and there was a little bit more fun that was happening off the air too. So they make the announcement. Maxwell's coming to 98.5 WNCX. And I swear to God, they had such a hard on for this Maxwell show. This, this, this Keith Abrams, this fucking Bo Matthews. And they, they had an emergency meeting on what the strategy is. And I was just like the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, they fucking suck, dude. You guys are so delusional. Like, well, you guys think they're going to do anything? I, like, I my, knew it was bad radio. My mom used to listen to them on the, uh, my mom used to have a FedEx route. And sometimes I would help her. And she would have NCX on all day. And it would be Maxwell. Because it was the only thing. She couldn't get AM radio. And there, she didn't really like any of the music that was going on. So the Maxwell was on. And it would either be boring or they would do and punt or they would just argue with each other. I'm like, mom, this is terrible radio. She's like, oh, that's the only thing I have. Well, eh. and here's that, the big, that's the only reason it was popular. Here's the big Cleveland scene article. Maxwell returns to the airwave, shakes up WNCX's formula. Former WMMS 100.7 personality Ben, quote, Maxwell Bornstein has returned <laughs> to FM airwaves after a year off. And uh, they're trying to like they were it was supposed to be like Maxwell 2.0. Wait, go back to that date again. So this show lasted less than a year. So November 15th, 2010, it was already off the air by August of 2011. It didn't even last a year. It didn't make it to the oh, my God. Their ratings were so bad. I remember uh, because I because they were obsessed with this Maxwell show. Like everyone at Clear Channel, iHeart at the time, they they were obsessed with this. They really thought it was going to do something. But. I knew it was a bad show and I go, that's a terrible morning show. But again, people in Cleveland, the gatekeepers, they can't think outside the box. They just keep hiring, you know, what, what they think they, they don't take chances. And uh, it failed miserably. But behind the scenes was the best because mm-hmm. I was uh, friends with Charlie on the Rover show and we would just fuck with their show so much. It, like we would call in all like we get wake up at six and we would immediately start calling. Like Rob Gargiulo, who's a comic down here, who's the producer, I would call. Charlie would call. We would just jam up his phone lines because he couldn't get phone because nobody was calling in except us. And then eventually he got hip to it and quit answering the phones completely. Then we, which, found- which is not the first time that's happened because when the ONA show, when the whole thing was going on, so Maxwell went on ONA's radar because they had Louis C.K. on, and they just trashed him after he got off the phone by saying. Now, it's not funny. It's not funny that he talked about Eric Clapton's kid falling out of a hotel and uh, they started doing that. And then they start trashing Jim Norton. Well, Norton has a comedy show in Cleveland and the whole crowd at House of Blues yelled Benjamin Bornstein as a cunt just in unison at him. So he was already on that their radar anyways. So then there's a famous clip of him talking about like, you know what, dude, we just. We just uh, we just shut the phones down. We just do our show. And it's like, yeah, you're shutting the phones down because everybody calling is trying to rip on you. And you only have just so much delay that you can dump out of. That's what we do. We call in and we get through because they they had like no phone screener. And uh, we're like, you were like Captain Jenks. Yeah, we're like, yeah, hey, uh, Maxwell. Uh, first time, long time. Glad you're back <laughs> on the air. And he's like, oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. You know, we are getting comfortable. He's like, yeah, you're, you're a fat piece of shit. The show's going to fail. And he dumps it. <laughs> and you don't hear it. That's what happens for folks who don't know about uh, delays and how they work. I I think a lot of people do, but when you're listening in the radio and all right, we're going to go to the phones right now. Hey, we've got uh, Steve and fair Fairview. It's like, Steve, Hey, how's it going, Maxwell? And then all of a sudden it goes to, all right. uh, In other news today you go, Oh, it's because you dumped out the last seven to eight seconds because somebody called you a faggot. Yeah. (laughs) But this is the best part. And I think I've told this on a podcast before. So we, we figured out that Maxwell didn't know how to work the equipment very well. And when he would put this is on, a com- by the way, this is a common theme because this happens at a lot of radio stations when you're on hold. So 
we found out when he put you on hold, we could hear what was going on in the studio. Like, in, like we could hear the conversations in the breaks, like him talking to Stansberry or Chunk. So, so Charlie started calling in every morning at six saying, hey, I'm a truck driver. You know, is it cool if I just listen to you guys on hold? You know, I'm out of state. You know, I, I just want to listen to the show. And they, they were so like they needed listeners and they were like so honored by that. They're like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they put them on hold and Charlie would record the conversations in the break. And some of the stuff we heard was fascinating, fascinating, like how they were going to try to fire Chunk and take her salary, because at the time they even talked about it. We heard on the recordings, Maxwell was making 90,000 a year and Stansberry was making 80. He goes, we'll just take Holy Chunk. shit. I swear to God at NCX. And they and uh, Chunk was making 30 and they said, let's, let's just we'll get her fired. We'll split her salary. Let's just get get rid of her. We don't need her. And like this is like they're they're all supposed to be like one collective unit. And, and so, by the way, this is after Maxwell turned down four hundred thousand dollars. Now he's making 90 here. Yeah, but they really worked to, out in your favor. They wanted to get rid of Chunk and split her salary like like that. That's how it works. Like they're just going, yeah, we'll just split up her salary. Give it to you two morons. But the best part is, is Maxwell went on a racist uh, rant calling some listener the N word. And we have the, all the recordings still. They're still mm. there. I mean, this would totally ruin his whole life, his career, if these recordings got out there. Don't I you have a rover? Isn't there a rover one that's out there, too? Yeah, the rover has a, a video of him yelling the N word, too. No matter the con, because, you know, we decide the context doesn't matter nowadays, because I'm yeah. sure it probably was in context. But the Maxwell one was not in context. Yeah, I'm keeping the. Like, you know, when Rover turned on me, I was like, OK, this is my mulligan here. If you try to fuck with me still, mm -hmm. luckily, shut the fuck up. But it's uh, it was it's it was crazy. It was fascinating. Yeah, they, it, the Maxwell show. So it lasted less than a year. I thought it was on at least a year. But uh, so what happened was uh, at WNCX. So at the time it was owned by CBS Radio and there were two stations. It was a, it was an alternative rock station and the classic rock station. That's what Maxwell was on. And uh, then there were two other stations. It was like a soft AC station, then an, another AC station. And they, but those two weren't in the building. So it was, all, it was just the two rock stations up there. Well, CBS, it, there, there's Maxwell. If you're watching on the video right now, Maxwell and his Pittsburgh, because that's what you want to do is wear a Pittsburgh Penguin shirt on a Cleveland radio station. And there's Stan fucking moron. This is the guy they wanted me to be this fucking fat piece of shit who, who's still on the air in Canton right now, who who rips on me constantly. So, I, you know, I give it back to him. Fuck him. Fuck Stansbury chunk. I don't know what she's probably working at Parma Tavern right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, the so they're on the air. Their ratings suck so bad. Plus, if Stansbury is making 90 or uh, 80, Maxwell making 90 chunk, making 30. We're like, well, we got to get rid of these shows here. And the alternative rock station was, wasn't drawing that well. They didn't have any on-air jocks anyway. So they said, how about this? We're going to turn 92.3, the alternative station, into a sports station. So they decide that, hey, we're going to turn it into 92.3, the fan. And uh, yeah. The Stansberry show is on right now. It's I'm on. Like Holy mackerel. <laughs> wow. What's it? I wonder if he's actually working today. I don't know, but he's on, on air. Let's look. They're on air. Yeah, let, uh, let's see. Let, the Stansbury. Oh, go go to Stansbury show. On that list, see see what happens. See what comes up. Follow him on his social media pages, which we're probably all blocked from. Dan Stansbury, a longtime veteran of Northeast Ohio radio. Dan Stansbury hosts the Stansbury Show weekday morning six to eight on Rock one hundred six point nine. Was it WRQK? Yeah, it, it used to be Rock one hundred seven. And then Sex, he, drugs, the Browns, rock, women, real life. Yeah, he talks about it all and more. No, he doesn't. He intros the next fucking Led Zeppelin song. That's yeah. all he does. He has no show. All he's doing is like, hey, it's Stansberry, 100.7 WMMS. That was Stone Temple Pilots. Hey, coming up, we got prize. We got tickets to give away uh, to go see Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard coming up at First Energy Stadium. Speaking of Def Leppard, here's photograph here on 100.7 WMMS. That's it. That's all he fucking does. Do you believe Keith Kennedy's running all that now? He's running. He's the he's the operations manager for all of that. I kind of think I, I have a theory about Keith, Keith Kennedy. I think he's he was my rat. Oh, you think so? Uh, it's one of my theories. 
I'm, I'm trying to put it together. I think he may have been the one. He may not have liked what when we've talked about him on this podcast. And I, oh, I, he hates me. He hates my guts. But he doesn't like me either. And I think uh, I think there there's a theory that uh, is a little plausible. I think he might have been my rat to, to get me fired at my job. So. I believe it. I believe it. He had what a hard on. It? Yeah, he, he he had a hard on about me too. Especially when we found out his real name, he didn't like that. Oh yeah, yeah. The, it actually came out that his name is Daryl Wallace. Daryl from, from Maslin, Ohio. So Maxwell is on 98.5. So they decide that on the sister station, 92.3, we're going to be a sports station. Well, if it's sports and you're going to be live and local talking about the Browns and uh, the Browns and uh, a little bit more of the Browns uh, and you're going to be on from 6 a.m. until midnight. Well, you got to clear up some salary in the company. So that's when they decided to dump the Maxwell show and they hired us, which was me which was my show, which was Kylie and Booms that I was the producer for. So uh, you you pr- helped facilitate Maxwell getting let go the first time at MMS, and I helped him the second time. <laughs> That's hilarious. This guy should hate my guts. This is uh, WKDD personality, Orville graduate, to be guest at the Loop. This guy stinks. Oh, yeah, not Maslin, Orville, which is where Smuckers, that's the Smuckers uh, plant is. That's where Daryl Wallace started his radio career by establishing a low power radio station in Orville. What do you have pirate radio? And he was uh, trying to be a comic. He was hosting at the funny stop every Thursday and he was horrendous. He didn't like the fact that I called him out because his, his main joke every week was talking about Dick Goddard, who was the elderly weatherman here in Cleveland. And when Dick Goddard finally died, I'm like, well, there goes Keith Kennedy's material. (laughs) He didn't like that one. These fucking cunts. I'm, I'm so glad they're in my rearview mirror. I, I'm still talking about them for some reason. We are because, it, well, because it's funny. It's it's like when you talk about an ex-girlfriend. It's like if you're happy, you're married now or whatever, but you bring up old stories of an ex. It's not because you miss the ex. It's they're amusing stories from your past is what they are. Somebody just sent me a message that uh, Bill Squire just got signed to a two-year deal. A two-year deal. What for, uh, what, $12 an hour this time or up to 15 now? I think he's in salary now because what happens is I know how it works because the third Mike was always the hourly employee. So when I was on the show, it was just me and Alan and this guy named Ryan before Erica got there and Ryan was just making hourly and they let go of Ryan and they hired Erica, fat Erica from the real world who uh, had What's your last name. Some Polish name, right? Wojciechowski or something. I can never pronounce it. Wojciechowski. Here, let's pull it up. Not, By the way, not whoever- Lauren. No, Lauren's her middle name, and she changed that because she faked cancer and went on the real world. Um, I will never I let hope her... you get cancer. You should only get cancer. Yeah, here's her. Her Wikipedia. Wow. Who actually put her real last name? Why does she have a Wikipedia page? Well, somebody made I have one, too. Look so at look... years active, by the way. It's like she retired. But somebody took it, took uh, control of this, and I swear to on. Anything sacred in my life, it was not me. But whoever did, bravo. Personal life, falsifying cancer. (laughs) In in July 2009, Shambudi reported that Wazalowski falsely claimed to have diagnosed with cancer following a breakup with her boyfriend. It got to the point where her parents were lying for her, too, that she had cancer. She did it for over a year, spent nine months maintaining this lie. Oh, wow. And there's some truth to what you're hearing. Yes, it happened. Yes, I regret it. If I could take it back, I would really would you? She 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 lashing out and craving for attention. This girl's such a fucking she's crazy. And I was the only one calling her out on it. And she was a brown noser. So Bo loved her. Alan loved her. But I was like, I see through. she's like a Chrissy Mayer. I can see through these phonies. They're fight. Then she she comes up with another illness where she's out. She has a mental hots. Yeah. And it's. Some, and by the way, POTS, you, you diagnose it or your, the treatment is water, sleep and rest. That's it. Not chemo, water, sleep and rest. That sounds like pretty good disease. That's like fibromyalgia. That was the big thing like a few years ago. And then before that, it was uh, it was a chronic fatigue syndrome was another one. So they've been kind of throwing these out there for people who are just too tired. It's like, I'm just too tired to do anything. Then, then go home. You're a head case. But you're, yeah. You're crazy. Um, That's what it is. And. What she was, she, she went to like 16 different doctors until they finally diagnosed them. 
And I was talking to a friend of mine. They're like, yeah, there's people, they're crazy like this. And doctors, they'll just, they'll eventually just come up with something. She's a hypochondriac. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't feel right in your body. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well, but be trans, be, uh, be Eric now. <laughs> yeah. I don't way, feel speak- right. I mentioned about exes and you talk about ex-girlfriend stories. I had one of my exes subtweet me on Twitter the other day. This is wonder. I put on my Patreon. I just put a screen capture and I did like a blog. Instead of doing a whole podcast, I blogged about it. So this was during the whole Roe versus Wade and overturning and stuff. And there was a whole thing about like, can you be a good Catholic or a good Christian, um, but still be pro-abortion? And that it was like this whole conversation happened about a week ago. So uh, my ex, I'll, I'll read it here. She said, this is what she said. She says, an ex of mine used to brag about how he hadn't missed mass in X number of years. The same ex regularly tweets pretty gross stuff, racially charged garbage, ranking women's appearances, calling liberals pedos. One tweet said he was sick of sacrificing for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> don't regret one thing about it. What, what, do I know the the sex? Um, I don't think so. This was uh, I yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I know she used to listen to you, and she used to think you were a moron on the on the radio. I remember that. Oh, thanks. So, but <laughs> that's it's like this Zumak is a moron. I'm like, okay, well, sure, but uh, the now she's one of those where uh, well, well, if I go back to it, and I can explain certain things. I say that. I, I used to brag about not missing mass. So pre-COVID, I did go to church every weekend. I, I did appreciate it. The problem is I didn't like how the Catholic church bowed to a lot of the COVID stuff and the globalism. I thought it was all horseshit what they did. And um, I haven't been very happy with, uh, with Catholic charities clothing illegal aliens crossing the border. That's what they've been doing and giving them cell phones. The same tweet. Uh, yep, there's, there's Alan Cox blocked. <laughs> All of them have me blocked. Every single one of them. It's I so love funny. that. Me too. That that same ex regularly tweets pretty gross stuff. Oh, like what? She says racially charged garbage. One of them was a picture. Uh, it was a is a caricature somebody drew of the Statue of Liberty who's pregnant, and it had a priest with a gun to the back of the Statue of Liberty's head. And, and I joked. I said, "Wait, that doesn't look like George Floyd." It's funny. Bill's Bill blocked you. Yeah. <laughs> Loser. Ranking women's appearances. Yeah, because I'm a guy calling liberals pedos. Yeah, yeah, some of them are. One tweet said he was sick of sacrificing for the greater good. Yes, that's true. I'm not going to sacrifice my livelihood because you can't take care of yourself during COVID or anything else. So I, I love that. It's just we, it's, like, it's, it's just like she's paying attention to your tweets. Yeah, we don't. She hasn't even she unfollowed me. Not after we broke up. She unfollowed me because I didn't think January 6th was the worst thing in the on the planet that the threat to democracy that that because I'm like, yeah, no, there's a couple of people went to the Capitol and they were upset and they were all fed operated anyways. So it's not a big deal. And because I didn't find it a big deal or a threat to democracy. One person got shot and it was by a Capitol police officer. By the way, did you see there was a big time shooting and uh, just down the street from us here in Akron? I heard something. What was going on? Somebody was so talking about it. I, I, I did a whole podcast talking about it. If you want to check it out on my Check Your Brain podcast, subscribe five bucks a month at patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. Um, but the podcast I did on Monday, July 4th was about the body cam footage that came out about Jalen Walker. And it, he was shot about a week ago in the middle of the night. And the media came out and said that Jalen Walker was a DoorDash driver who was shot 60 times over a traffic violation. And now that the uh, what's which, of course, they you know, they got to put like a like a high school photo of him coming out there. A 25 year old black man suffered at least 60 wounds when police officers fatally shot him last week while on a high speed chase. So what happened with this? Wait, scroll, scroll down a little bit more. When does it say that he actually shot outside of his window? Uh, several minutes. Okay, there it is. So it says, uh, wait, uh, the incident began about 1230 last Monday when police say that Walker led officers on an attempt uh, attempted to initiate a traffic stop for traffic and equipment violations about 40 seconds after the pursuit began. Police say a gunshot was fired from Walker's vehicle. That's what, seven, eight paragraphs down in the story, the pop-up? Yeah, that's a big, that's kind of the reason that this was going on. So it wasn't like, 
these officers just wanted to shoot a black guy today. They were like, hey, we're just, you know, they, they see something suspicious and he starts firing rounds outside of his window. So what ends up happening is he's firing the rounds. He leaves his wedding band because apparently his fiance had died in a car accident uh, like a month ago. Mm. So basically what I believe is that this was a suicide by cop. He leaves his wedding band and the now unloaded gun. He already shot his rounds off. So it's in the car. So now he's running out and basically was a suicide by cop, in my opinion. And of course, the media came out and said that he was unarmed. Yeah, he was unarmed because he already fired every <laughs> bullet that he had in his gun. So this is another case of wait until this, this story eventually comes out. This was uh, this happened over near uh, f- the Firestone, the Bridgestone campus over in uh, Akron, just 12 miles away from where I'm broadcasting this podcast now. And uh, yeah, that was the big controversy. Akron had a bunch of protests. I don't know if there were really any riots that were going on, but uh, yeah, we we needed another George Floyd type of situation ahead of the 2022 midterms. Well, uh, what is, where's LeBron weigh on on this? Does he 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 likes to get top, top? Yep. Oh yeah, LeBron had to say something about it. Oh, did he didn't he say something about Ethan Lemming, who was a white kid who was beaten to death by black people on his own school at the I promise school. LeBron had nothing to say about that, really. Man. What? Oh, yeah. No words. He has no words. Oh, that's I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. This guy stinks. Yeah, uh, he's praying for my city today. That was yesterday when the uh, protests were going on. Oh, he's praying for him. He's praying for him. And then the, uh, the only tweet that was coming out about the kid who was beaten to death on his own school, his own charter school that he created was not from him. It was the LJ, the LeBron James Family Foundation Twitter account. Hmm. So really, uh, really see where his bread is buttered when it comes to the racial subjects here. But, uh, you know, it's so funny as we get towards the end of the podcast. This is what you're missing up here, Chad. You're missing Caddy. Uh, comics you're missing radio people stabbing each other in the back and always getting jobs because they kiss everyone's ass you're missing lebron james and how much people that lebron james can murder somebody right on uh, main street in downtown akron and they'd say that nah, was justified because lebron is he's such a great ambassador here this is what you're missing in a small backwards town like uh, cleveland slash akron ohio did you see kevin love got married over the weekend oh he did yeah and he had uh, Austin Carr at his wedding. AC? Darius, Darius, Darius Garland, Garland, who got a massive contract. Four years. Uh, Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry. I like those guys. Uh, James, was that James Jones? James Jones. LeBron and. Uh, Is that Miles Garrett? No, that's uh, J.R. Smith. That's J.R. Smith? Yeah. He grew his hair out like that? Yeah. I thought that was Miles Garrett for a second. He's a collegiate golfer now. Yeah, he's he's look, hey, God, God bless J.R. Smith. He's turned his life around. He had a lot of problems early on in his career, but ended up being a pretty good six man for a lot of teams. He actually became very popular in Cleveland. Like he like they loved him. He was. They, he was yeah, he, he had so many tattoos that one of the local T-shirt companies made a T-shirt of his bare skin tattoo. Do you remember this? Yeah. With all the tattoos. And I'm like, oh, that it looks like you skinned the dude to death. Make a t-shirt that's awful yeah but he was he was really super popular in cleveland especially when they won the championship and he was like on the you know he, for like three days straight he just wore uh no shirt and his his basketball playing shorts <laughs> he was at the uh, golf tournament over here at firestone country club and he was just he didn't have a shirt on i'm like the only time that he's at a stuffy white country club without a shirt on. I'm like, well, because they won a championship, he could basically do whatever he wants and never have to buy a drink in this town again. Well, Tony, as they say in our business, we're up against it. Yeah. I, uh, do you mind if I put this podcast out for uh, my Patreon for free? Yeah. Do Cause want. I think, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's like a July 4th gift for some folks that, uh, we're kind of curious, like, I don't know, $5 a gallon for gas plus $5 for a podcast. You know, what, what goes on? What do you guys talk about when you're behind a paywall? And this is kind of one of those cases. Actually, this is a lot like our phone calls. This whole, this entire, this is the, basically the genesis of this podcast that we do was the fact that we did these, uh, these phone calls that would last over an hour. 
And you and I would both say to each other, uh, why didn't we record this? Yeah. It's like, it's pretty good. It's interesting. People seem to like it. And the people that do like it, love it. So you're welcome. Yeah. And I'll put it out for free too. It's our, it's our celebration of our, our country, our podcast and everything else. Yeah. Have, have yourselves a wonderful fourth. If you're listening today, if you're listening throughout the week, I've got, uh, you know, I've got podcasts coming out throughout the week, including I might do another podcast today because I'm just going to get drunk today. I'll just do a nice drunken podcast where I just start spilling stories that I probably shouldn't be saying out loud. Well, yeah, I'm sure this will get back to a few people and that's fine. I, I don't care. care. I'm already canceled. Yeah, I'm already no- canceled. You, you got By the way, you got a problem with me. Like apparently somebody uh, uh, somebody ha- does have an issue with me, with uh, my podcast and everything. And I, I'm actually seeing this person in a couple of days. I'm like, I'm ready. You want you want to have a conversation about what you think? I'm a racist. You think I'm whatever. Let's have this conversation. Let's hash it out right now. All right. I'm going to shut this off because I want to know exactly who this is. OK. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. That's all right. People are going to be pissed off, aren't they? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Good for them.